um, to be your pastor. Uh, it has been a, a great week, amazing emotional roller coaster the last couple of weeks, but man, by the way, I am also super excited. Um, this is going to be an amazing time. We've had an amazing time. We can, will continue to have an amazing time, um, but words cannot describe the excitement, the love, the, the passion for our church family, and even times whatever uh, for God and the work of Jesus Christ in our life and in the life of this church and the, the working of the Holy Spirit. We've got some awesome stuff coming up. I'm just warning you. Um, and we know that because we follow an amazing Savior. Uh, we have a Holy Spirit that is passionately at work in our lives and a Father that loves us and adores us. So if you're ready, I'm ready with you, and we're going to have a great time. Um, if you will turn to the book of James, we're going to hang out in James. Just like Pastor Wayne always said, it might take a month. It could take five years. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. And we already, I already had to shift gears this week, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, but James, I, I was looking at, you know, I'm praying over a, a bunch of different books, um, but I really just like James. James is one of the most practical books in the Bible. Just a lot of great PowerPoints to work through. And, and James is very just, look, this is the way it needs to be. Um, you know, he just, he speaks just direct truth and, and gives us a lot of great different points to work through. So we're going to work through James. And there's, there was some discussion of who James was. Um, and it, it kind of came down to a couple of guys. One was James of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, um, or the sons of thunder. And, uh, but looking at some of the historical data, a lot of the, the, the scholars and historians don't think it was that James, but rather the James, the, the, the half-brother of Jesus. Um, and so we have James and we have Jude, who also, there's a book in the Bible from Jude. Uh, so we're going to, to see that James, the half-brother of Jesus, is who wrote this book. <clears throat> and as we get this picture of who James is, and, and there's a lot of great a great picture of the Christ's work in James' life. Uh, James didn't quite believe that Jesus was the Son of God as he was growing up. Um, his brother, his his siblings didn't. Uh, there was just this disconnect until later in his life. And as that happened, he did, James did become a leader in the church of Jerusalem and and a great leader and and cared for so many different Christians who were in the Jewish church. Uh, and so the, here was the this time as we look in verse one, the dispersion of the the church, the Jews, is that the the Jewish the church in in Jerusalem scattered. And he was concerned about that and so he's writing to a number of believers, not just one particular church that, um, as we see typically with Paul in different other books in the, in the New Testament. So the theme through James, like I said, there's a lot of different nuggets of, of some amazing truth and some things that we're going to work through. And so looking as kind of a big theme, I came up with, well, I didn't come up with this. It's in the book. But instructions for a true and practical faith. Like I said, this very practical, 
in, in our faith, James wants us to not only talk about our salvation and experience salvation, but then what are we going to do with this? And here's where James goes through in this book. Uh, and there are two main verses that kind of give us this theme of practical faith, of true faith. One is James one twenty two that says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then James 2.26 that says, Faith apart from works is dead. Now, this is not works-based faith. And we will talk about this the entire time through the book of James. This is not works-based. This isn't saying you have to work your way for salvation. The cause of salvation is our faith. The result of salvation is our works. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit at work in our, in our faith. So we're going to work through that this whole time of understanding that it's one thing to accept Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, but then what are we going to do with it? What are we allowing the Holy Spirit to do in our life? There are some practical things that are going to result in our faith in God. So there's a lot of bullet points. We are going to work through faith and works. We're going to talk today even about trials and temptations, uh, the proper use of speech and the way that we speak to one another, display of true wisdom, uh, being a friend of God and pursuing the things of God versus the, the things of the world, uh, the value of humility and patience and prayer. There's, it's going to be chock full of great stuff. So I hope you have a brand new notebook. If you're taking notes, Debbie got a new one? Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, I love that James just cuts to the chase, um, is very practical, right into here's what needs to happen. He wants to see that our practice of the faith and how our faith affects our life is, is something that we are practicing every day, that we are, we are continuing to grow in our faith. The talk is cheap, and James wants to see the results. And on that note right there, I put me too. I want that's, this to be our church. I don't want us to just have amazing worship and amazing sermons and Bible studies, which we do. Um, but then what do we do when we leave this place? It's so much easier to, to be caught up in our, our time of worship here or at home. But then what do we do as we go into Monday and Tuesday and the rest of our week? There needs to be a change. If Christ Jesus is our Lord and Savior, there can be, there has to be change in our life. The way that we speak, the way that we treat others, the way that we live. And so we're going to work through that. So go to chapter 1. And we're going to work through verses 1 through 4. And let me read those to you. James 1, 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. And so James goes to it right away. Um, counted all joy through various trials. And he starts off describing himself as a servant of God, the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, James, as half-brother of Jesus, could have pulled, you know, this popularity card and said, Hey, James, the son of Mary, who, was, who gave birth as a virgin... Um, to my brother, by the way, Jesus Christ, um, who I grew up with. So, but he didn't play that because his, his 
position and where he stood in his faith in the importance of Jesus Christ as his Savior, not just his brother, and God the Father as his God. Um, and he even uses the word Lord, which is the, the Old Testament picture of God given to Christ Jesus. So here's, he is speaking deeply of the deity of Jesus Christ and his love and his, his, his position as a servant of God. Um, and so this is where James is. By the way, and I came across this and I really like this. If speaking of the deity of Christ, the humanity of Christ is also there, if you will. Um, and so if he grew up in the same household as Jesus, but didn't really see Jesus as a God, as the son of God or, or, you know, the deity of Christ through that time until he was an adult, doesn't that speak to the humanity of Christ? Uh, that yes, he could, I mean, you know, we've talked about different stories of what Jesus, who he would have been as a child. Was he, you know, doing these little miracles on the side? No, here, here was the humanity of Christ and the deity of, deity of Christ. Um, and so just, just a reinforcement of that. But by mentioning God and Christ Jesus on equal terms, there was this love that, that James had for Jesus Christ and the, the faith that he had in him. So count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Um, by the way, my brothers is not just speaking, obviously, to his siblings. It is his brothers and sisters in Christ. And as you get to know me, if you don't already know me, I will call you bro and sis and brothers and sisters a lot. Um, to the point that a friend of mine who is younger had issues when he was younger because he's like, you are not my brother. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm your brother in Christ. And so I'm going to use that a lot as your pastor. I just hope you know that. Um, but count it all joy. This is not easy. Like I said, James goes right into everything that you that is going on in your life. Count it all joy. To count is another word is to consider. To stop and think. Take account of, of a situation that's going in, on in life. Pause for a minute. Look at the big, big picture. Okay. Uh, pause your feelings and immediate reaction instead and think and learn and look for God. Okay. In other words, don't emote first. Um, and I put right there, ha, 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 ha. Because <laughs> if you know me, I go right to the emotion like, oh no, like what is going on? I can't figure this out. And James is like, no, hold on, stop. Consider, count joy, count it all joy. So, so stop, take a look at the situation, and that's not me. Um, I don't, joy is not my default. It is not anywhere in my default settings. I wish it was that easy to go to that. Joy is not in my default settings. Um, and I have to say, so as of yesterday, I was going to go through all four verses. Yesterday, I'm like, man, I need to, a little preaching to myself on joy. So we're going to hang out really on just verse 1 and 2. Um, because I sat there and I made a list of my 2020 so far. Um, you laugh. I know you have it too. So I wrote a bunch of things on here. Okay. Uh, started process for a new job. Pretty stressful, right? Um, my dad passes away. That's extremely stressful. So those two are enough for me to start going to counseling, right? 
Oh, now let's throw in COVID. All right. So we have COVID. Um, no in-person church for months. This place was lonely without you all. It was not the same. Um, and we're still missing a lot of you. So we can't wait to see all of you at home. Um, there were two trips to Guatemala. If you know me, I love to travel. Two trips to Guatemala that had to get canceled. A trip to Boston for a, a mission trip got canceled. Infuge, which I love and will always love Infuge to Philadelphia, got canceled. Um, so all these trips, there were a couple of conferences I was supposed to go to that I like. Again, travel and, and learning new things. Uh, then let's throw in some race issues and cultural chaos. I put political stuff in here. We're not even going to touch that. Um, a family trip that we, you know, and I'll share this with you. Search committee said when we do the vote, you tell us when you want to start. Um, I could have taken six months. I wouldn't have taken six months. But looking at the calendar, I'm like, man, it'd be nice to go back and see my mom. I hadn't seen my mom since my dad had passed. Um, Carrie's parents are dealing with a lot of stuff. Let's go to Nashville. Like, let's plan out a week and a half, kind of a little travel. Well, one of those trips became not an emergency, but kind of a last-minute change because we needed to do some some stuff for family that wasn't very fun is what I put on there. Um, I also put on there that our washing machine broke. Um, which is not very fun. In a week and a half, though, I only had to go to the laundromat once uh, for the family. So that was that was nice. Uh, by the way, it was a quarter that was stuck in some gizmo of the washing machine that caused it not to agitate. I was extremely agitated that it was only a quarter. <laughs> I was gone. Carrie said the guy was there for 15 seconds. <laughs> anyway, um... Also, I got a slow flat on my blast bicycle ride. That is so annoying. So we're dealing with a lot of trials, are we not? I'm sure, like I said, all of, all of you have our list. But how do we put joy on top of that? How do we see joy in that? How do we see, okay, God is putting me in this trial, in this situation. How am I going to come through this in my faith stronger and more connected to God? So... When James is hitting us right away, it's this reality check of, okay, life's going to throw some curveballs. How are we going to react? And like I said, joy is not my default setting. It takes a few minutes or months or years to figure things out because I want to be happy. You know, who doesn't want to be happy in life? But joy and happiness are two very different things. Uh, happiness is external where joy is internal. Okay, joy comes from inside. Happiness is based on chance. Okay, even the, the word happy is lucky, favored by fortune, um, hoping things turn out well. The root word, if you will, the hap is, of, of, or even taking happenstance is a mix of happening and circumstance, or happy and circumstances. So as long as my circumstances are good, I'm going to be happy. Um, and looking at just that, that word happy is really, it's just dumb luck. You know, I'm happy because a, a, a circumstance happened to work out for good. Well, I don't know about you, but not all of my circumstances work out for good. Uh, so happy isn't there, but joy, joy, James is talking about joy, that it's deeper and richer. The Bible mentions joy 
or the word rejoicing 330 times throughout Scripture. It is, happiness is only mentioned 26 times. So all throughout Scripture is this theme of joy. Uh, and I thought of the phrase, under the circumstances, you know, under any circumstance. And if you know me, and there's a few of you will, that will get this, I needed to use a word undergirding today as my first sermon as a senior pastor. So under the circumstances, so think about that. If all my circumstances are stacked on a table or a platform, what is under my circumstances? What are holding my circumstances up? And I want it to be joy. I don't want to rely on happiness. And joy, by the way, is deeply deeply connected with Christ. And we're going to get to that point. <clears throat> but as a Christ follower, joy is an evidence of the presence of Christ in our life. If Christ Jesus is our life, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then joy happens to be one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. By the way, right after love. Um, And so here is this joy that isn't relying on me, isn't relying on outside circumstances. It is from Jesus Christ and our relationship with God. So counting things all joy might work for the smaller irritations, right? Sometimes a little tweak happens, you're like, Oh, that's nothing. You know, I'll, I'll put a smile on and, and feel, I'll rejoice about this little thing. But it's when the big things happen that it becomes more, almost impossible. And so we're not going to write James off as someone who wants, you know, to throw these impossible, uh, impossible charges to us of con- counted all joy. But we've seen this, like I said, joy is mentioned all throughout Scripture. And uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans 5.3 says, And not only this, but we also rejoice in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about endurance. So even Paul talks about even rejoice in our tribulations, that there is nothing new that's going to happen. God is in control of all of this. By the way, I'm not saying to throw on a happy face, and I'm not saying the difficult situation is going to go away, and that your emotions aren't real, and for you just to be like, oh, I'm going to be joyful. No. If we look through Scripture, joy does not require denying our emotional pain. Um, In 2 Corinthians 6.10, it says, grieving yet always rejoicing. God knows, and Jesus knows that our life is full of some insane situations and some very difficult situations and depressing-inducing situations, that it is not easy. Uh, Jesus did not condemn Mary for weeping at the death of her brother Lazarus. Rather, who wept with her but Jesus? Um, There were times that Jesus prayed with loud crying and tears. Paul instructs us to rejoice with those who rejoice. That's easy to do, but also weep with those who weep. This is a real thing. So, again, this joy is so much deeper than just throwing our emotions up and and rejecting the the hard things in life. Um, Jesus is not talking about that. In fact, it's not necessary. It's not necessarily rejoicing because of the trial. So James isn't saying, oh, this trial is happening, so I'm going to put my rejoicing in that. It is what comes after. It is rejoicing in the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to work through that situation to strengthen our faith 
which is endurance, and we're going to talk about that next week. We were going to talk about it today, but we'll get to endurance next week. And making us more like Jesus, complete and perfect, and giving glory to the Father. So let me read that to you again. It's not necessarily rejoicing because of the trial. It's rejoicing in the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to work through that situation to strengthen our faith, making us more like Jesus. That's why we can go to joy. That's why joy we see is in the work of Jesus Christ in our life. That joy I can get behind. That joy I want to allow to undergird my circumstances. There's no other way to go through these circumstances and trials and tribulations without Jesus Christ. And I don't know how people can do that. And what and a reminder to us as a church and as, as us as believers, there's a lost world out there that is going through trials and tribulations without Jesus Christ and without the hope that he brings and the true joy and comfort that comes from him. And we have an amazing message uh, that we can share with everyone. So trials of various kinds, and, and I love that, that James uses the word various kinds, various trials. It's all shapes, all sizes. There's the little trials like a, a flat tire. There's the big trials like the loss of a parent. There's some small things, little things. Um, and we might be, sit there and think, well, what if I caused the situation? What if I did something dumb? Okay, I'm sure I'm not the only dumb person that makes stupid mistakes in this room. Okay, but what if it's, what if I cause the trial? What if I cause the circumstance? God is still going to work through that. God is still going to build our faith and grow our faith as we allow him to do that. And I don't know why this thought came into my mind, but I thought of a time that I made a dumb mistake, probably paid the consequences that don't remember what grade I got on this. Um, but I, my freshman year of college, I went to Fresno State University in Fresno, California. Um, being an October birthday baby, I was 17 years old when I left home to go to Fresno, which was like four hours away. Uh, so I started college at 17, didn't turn 18, obviously, till October. I'm pretty sure this class was in the fall, but it was a speech class, okay? Speech is okay. It's not, it's not the easiest sometimes. You have to get up and talk in front of people. Um, so I wasn't... So parents, close the ears of all your children right now, please. I was a terrible student that year. I wasn't going to class... I, I just, you know, it was a weird, stressful year and struggling with my call to ministry by the end of that year. Like, all this stuff going on. I just, I'm, mom and dad aren't around. That was pre-cell phones, by the way. Pre-location things on your cell phone. Like, they didn't know. So I was missing class. So I decided to show up this speech class probably a week later. And it was, I was assigned a speech that day. So here I am in class. I'm like, I have no preparation at all. Um, what am I going to do? It was on um, a descriptive speech. So you had to describe something in your speech. And I'm scrambling. I'm like, man, my grade's probably really bad already by now. So I need to come up with something. So guess what I found in my backpack? A pen. So I did a descriptive speech on a pen. Okay, not only talking about the, the utility, the usefulness of it, of writing letters, okay, 
do you also see that a pin is aerodynamic? Okay, I talked about the aerodynamic qualities of a pin. And also the clicky thing, the engineering is phenomenal. You can get that pin, the little inky part inside, put it in your pocket. I mean, I don't recommend that because sometimes they leak. Um, but yeah, now also, great irritation factor, right? A clicky pin. Right, like I said, I paid for that, that consequence in that trial because I wasn't ready. I made a dumb mistake. But seriously, God works through all of it. There, God is not surprised, by the way, with the choices that we make. I hope you know that. I hope there's, there might be someone that realizes there's no way God's going to work in my life because of the choices that I've made in the past. Baloney. By the way, I'm getting more of these Greek and Hebrew words down. Okay? <laughs> Baloney. All right, God wasn't surprised by that. God knew everything. He had our days planned. He knew that what was going to happen in our life is going to happen. And he's going to use that to grow our faith, to give us endurance, to perfect us. And we're going to talk about even that more next week. So trials of various kinds, the big kinds, the little kinds, um, the, the times that if we know that God's got this and that there's a plan and a purpose for that, even just for us to recognize God more in our life, it's hard to, harder with that mentality to, to be angry at God or to sit there and go, seriously, God, another thing in my life? And I know this is hard and I'm not there, so hear my heart. Is it for us to actually go through a trial, see another one coming, and actually say, thank you, God? Can we truly say thank you, God, for bringing another curveball into our life? Yes. Because it's going to build our faith up. It is going to give us endurance for the perfecting and completeness that comes in Christ Jesus. So, joy in trials is true faith. And I want to read to you a couple of passages, and you can turn with them, or to them with me if you want. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Because we weren't the only ones that are dealing with trials and have dealt with trials. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. All right? So Paul's like, don't be surprised. It's going to happen. Um, bad news for you younger ones. Things are going to happen. And sometimes they get bigger and badder than they were before. Uh, so do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Whew. So not only are we dealing with these trials, Jesus is glorified in that. Um, because of his suffering, he suffered for us so that we can be equipped and, and able and relying on him to get through our trials. And so, what an amazing picture that, that this is not us on our own. God is all in with us. Um, Christ suffered, allowing us to get through our sufferings. The Holy Spirit is at work in our life um, in a powerful way. One more passage. Turn with me to John 15, 8 through 11. John 15, 8 
through 11. It says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to me, prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The joy comes from whom? Not me, Christ. What an, what an amazing place that we are in our relationship with Jesus Christ is that it's his joy that undergirds us. It is his joy that we rely on. It is his joy that we are not just have like a little bit of, like we are completely encapsulated in the joy of Jesus Christ. What an amazing place that we are. His joy in his suffering comes from knowing that from his suffering and death comes salvation for us. When Christ was facing the cross, when Christ went through all the trials and and the suffering to endure the cross and then to rise again and conquer sin and death, It wasn't the joy in the situation. It was the joy knowing that he was providing a way out for us, for salvation. Um, And I pray that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, receiving that salvation. And so here we are. James is saying, I need more from you than just your words. I need you to live it out. Um, It is one thing to say, I trust in Jesus. It is another thing to truly put our trust in him. Um, will I trust Jesus and the promises of his word as I have professed to do or not? Uh, to trust Jesus and, his, and experience his hope and joy in the midst of trials is a radical attitude that James commands us to adopt. Radical is not even close to a good word. Who faces a trial and says, okay, I'm going to find joy in this? Um, here is my homework assignment for us, and then I'll close. I need you at some point, because I realize not everyone had paper and pencil. You can do it digitally if you want at home. But this, today, this week, I want you to write at least three things that are absolutely challenging you. Trials that you're going through, tribulations that you're going through, that you are having trouble getting through. And then I want you to write joy over the top of those things and pray over that. Um, And... I won't always do this, but as I'm giving you homework, I obviously need to be able to do it myself if I, if I ask you to do it. So simply take whatever's going on and write joy over all of it. That is what James wants us to do. That is what Jesus wants us to do because of his love for us, and his way through the cross is to write joy, count it all joy as we face trials because of Christ Jesus in our life. So that is my homework for us. I already did mine, but I have more I probably should work on. But as we look in our lives, the good times, the trials, our challenge today is to count it all joy. That joy, as we've talked about, can only be found in Christ Jesus. For he and he alone is the source of our joy. Creating endurance and through Jesus making us complete. Church, I pray that as we finish out 2020, uh, that we continue to, to count everything in joy. Because 
of Jesus Christ, that we continue to seek after him. Is that something we need to check on, by the way? All right. I learned that lesson that one time. But but let's continue to to be a church that is pursuing all things Christ. All right? Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, I, I am so excited for the life of this church. I'm so excited for the pursuit uh, that we have been challenged with uh, to, first of all, seek all things in you. Uh, that not only as a church, but as individuals. Father, I pray that we continue to see you in all that life brings, the good times, the bad times, uh, that because we have our faith in you, uh, that we have a, a way to work through everything that life brings, and that brings us joy, uh, because that, that is your relationship and your love for us. Father, I thank you for this time. I pray that uh, the message has been clear to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.